exciting times are ahead, but we need to stay the course. In this message, Pastor Ashish shares the importance of us having a vision, staying together and working towards fulfilling that. Listen on as he shares the ministry plan for All People's Church Bangalore for this year, 2013. Please hold your Bible high up in the air. Let's say this out together. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word. I believe His word. And I live by His word. Christ is my master. And to Him, I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you will uh, open up that sheet that was given to you, it's titled The Road Ahead for Today, we're going to use that to share with you uh, what we want to share with us as a church from time to time, usually at the beginning of the year. We kind of talk about where we are as a church, where we are planning to go, some of the things we're planning to do. Uh, And so this is that Sunday where we will be talking about the journey we we are about to take or we will go into this year, 2013, and where we want to go beyond that. So, it may not necessarily be like a full-fledged Sunday morning sermon, so bear with us, please. Uh, But it's important for us to do this, so we're all on the same page, we all know where we're going, we all begin to move in the same direction. So, we like to do that at least once a year, and talk about where we are as a church. Now, why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about the road ahead, and, 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 you know, taking time or full Sunday morning service uh, to talk, talk about something that might be just organizational or more of an administrative thing. Why do we do that? There are several reasons. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 29 and verse 18, the Bible says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, people perish. That is, if you don't have a vision, It doesn't mean you'll just drop down dead, but you're in a state as though you were dead. You stop being productive in life. So it's important to have a vision, a picture of where you're going, what you want to do. You need to have a vision in order to be productive, in order to be fruitful in life. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Uh, In the literal understanding of that verse is where there is no prophetic word, where there is no word from God... The people cast off restraint, meaning they're lawless. They just go every which way and in the end they don't accomplish anything. So it's important for us as a church to hear from God, know what God is saying, know what, what God wants us to do, and for us to all go together in that direction. Then we will be able to be like a mighty army advancing into the purposes of God. Amen? And... Uh, uh, and, and it's important, the same, same thing applies for all of us as individuals, that we must have a vision. That vision becomes a guiding factor, a restraining factor, keeps us aligned in, in the direction where we have to go. And I like to sit down and talk to my kids, so 
last night, I was just sitting with Josh and Ruth and just sitting in a prayer time. And I said, uh, all right, today our devotion, you know, every devotion is not like a very set thing, you know, just, just do what we feel. And so many times I just pray, say, okay, God, what, we, what should we do today? So I said, okay, kids, I'm going to ask you a question. What's the most important thing in life? And without thinking, both step to fulfill God's purpose. You know, and uh, because that's because we have studied, you know, fulfilling God's purpose. They know all that. Right? So quickly, to fulfill God's purpose. I said, yeah, there is truth, but there is also higher truth. That's the important thing, but the things that are more important. What's something more important than just fulfilling God's purpose for your life? What's more important? They're thinking, hmm, hmm, hmm. I said, okay, here's the main thing. It is to know him, love him, and worship him. That's even more important than fulfilling God's purpose. It's to know Him. It's to love Him. And it's to worship Him. That's our purpose. That's why we are here. To know Him, love Him, worship Him. And then out of that, you do what He wants you to do. You fulfill His purpose for your life. So talking about that, I said, okay, now, here's the reason why, I'm, why this must be so important in your heart. Why it must be important for you to know Him, love Him, worship Him. Number one. I said, because, you know, life is not always going to be easy. There are going to be difficult things happening to us in life. But when our main purpose is to know Him, love Him, and worship Him, then even when things go wrong, we're not affected. Because we're not living for those things. We're living to know Him, love Him, and worship Him. And I said, okay, kids, this, here's another reason why this must be your vision. This must be your ultimate purpose. Because, you know... As you grow up, you're going to have a lot of peer pressure. You know what peer pressure is? Yeah, I know what peer pressure is. They all know already. Because all your friends may want to do just the wrong thing. They want to take you off in the wrong direction. But when you say, you can say no to it because your purpose is something different, something bigger. You're living to know Him, love Him, and worship Him. So you can afford to say, you can say no to it. You don't have to conform to that, those things. Yeah? So, it's so important for us to have, be very clear on why we are here. What's our purpose? Because that is going to keep you through turbulent times. That's going to help you choose the right and say no to the wrong. Amen? So all of us as individuals need to have a vision for your life. If you do not have a vision for your life, please get one. Amen? Get one soon. Know why you're here. What are you here for? Get a vision. The second reason why we talk about this as a church is because of what the Bible tells us in Proverbs 4.26. The Bible says, ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. It says, ponder the path of your feet. Don't chumago. <laughs> no, ponder the path of your feet. Think about where you are going. You see, this is so important about the Christian life. The Christian life sometimes is very paradoxical. You've got two contrasting things. You've got faith. The Bible says we walk by faith. But at the same time, the Bible says, don't be foolish. Understand what the will of the Lord is. So on one side, you walk by faith where faith is beyond understanding. And at the same time, the Bible says you walk with understanding. We... We know there is truth, but we also know there is grace or mercy. Truth might say you've done wrong, 
And mercy says you're forgiven. And mercy triumphs over judgment. It's like this in the Christian life. You've got two contrasting things. So on the one hand, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your hearts and don't lean on your own. Understood. But the Bible also says, ponder the path of your feet. That means think about where you're going. So on the one hand, don't worry about where you're going. But on the other hand, think about. So there is this tension. There's this contrast where we learn to balance dependence on God with understanding where we are going. We ponder the path of our feet so that our ways will be established. So why talk about this? Because we want to hear from God and we want to think about where we're going, what we're doing, what changes we need to make as a church and even as individuals. The third important reason why we talk about this is because of what the Bible says in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. The Bible, you know, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 1, Habakkuk says, I will set myself to see what the Lord will speak to me. In other words, he's saying, you know, I'm going to stand here to listen to what God is going to tell me. Many times we want to, you know, we are in that posture. We pray and say, God, please speak to me. What does God tell him in verse 2? He says, Habakkuk. Write the vision. Make it plain. So that those who read it can run with it. Write the vision. Here's a very important thing. Whenever you decide to hear from God, be ready to write it down. Put it down on paper so you don't forget what God is saying. So that's what we try to do. We try to hear from God. This is where we're going as a church. We write it down. So that others can read it and run with the same vision. Amen? Are you with me yet? The fourth reason why we talk about the road ahead is because of what Paul taught in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 10. He's writing to the Corinthian church and he says, you know, the Corinthian church was a very, very strange church. They were very spiritual but very carnal. They were very passionate about the things of the spirit. But they were always fighting with each other. They had all kinds of divisions and strifes going on among them. But they're a very spiritual church. So Paul had to deal with issues. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10, he says, I beseech you, brethren. I, say, I plead with you, brethren, that you all be of the same mind. And that you all speak the same thing. And that there be no divisions among you. That's quite tough for a local church. That you all be of the same mind. That you all speak the same thing. And there be no divisions among you. So why do we write this down and share it? So that we as a church will all be able, we be of one mind. We'll all speak the same thing. We'll, that there'll be no divisions among us. We'll all move together. We all know where we are going as a church. What are we all about? Why do we do the things we do? In order to make that plain and clear for us, we talk about this and, and, and share it. So let's begin. Are you all ready? All right. Put your first gear. All right. Let's step on the gas. Release the clutch. All right. What's the vision of all people's church? Now, most of you, even if we wake you out of sleep, in the middle of the night, you'll be able to tell us what the vision of the church is. What is it? To be salt and light in the city of Bangalore, to be a voice to the nation and to the nations. That's our vision. 
We want to impact and influence our city. We want to be a voice to our nation. We want to affect the nations of this world. At Bangalore, or it's our vision, is to have at least five locations and grow each location to at least 50,000 people. Amen? Now, I remember on the very first Sunday service, February 18, 2001, Georgie Joyce were there, her baby was there. We were about 12 people, my dad's house, living room. Their very first service all came. They all heard this new church is starting. All people's church. Sounds like a political party. <laughs> all people's. You know, some new thing is starting. They all, you know, they came. And on the very beginning, we said, we're going to have a church of 50,000 people. They're like, huh? What's he talking? We're sitting in a living room. Just about, I don't know, 12 of us, 8 to 12 of us. But we came with a vision. We started with a vision. We are journeying towards that vision. Amen? Today, where we are, we do have five locations in the city of Bangalore. Just all of them came together last, many of them came, two of them came together last year. And we are in that journey. We're not there yet. But every step is a step closer to your destination, your destiny. So we're journeying. We want to see each location grow to 50,000 people. So I want to encourage you to dream like that. Every location. APC Central to 50,000 people. So where we will fit, don't worry about that. Leave it to God. You know, parking will be a problem. Don't worry. You know. Nowadays they've come with multi-tier parking. You know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> they do two-tier, we may have five-tier. Who knows? I don't know. There is an answer. We can do it. I remember Oral Roberts saying this. He said, if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. Amen? Let's say it together. If you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. See, it begins with the ability to see the invisible. Many of us don't even do that. But it is faith that sees the invisible. But when you can see the invisible, then you can do the impossible. And we're here to do the impossible. Why live an ordinary life? As believers, living in the impossible realm must be the norm. Making the impossible possible must be the norm for us. And that's what we had. See a church, 50,000 people raised up uh, in this congregation. Um, and some people say, you know, Pastor, 50,000, I feel so lonely. I mean, you won't even know my name. Now, what's if you don't know my name? 50,000, even worse, you won't even know I'm there. Yes, I know there are disadvantages to having a large, you know, gathering of people. But, you know, in heaven, it's going to be something like that. There's going to be a great multitude of people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. So might as well get used to that here. I mean, others, you'll have a culture shock when you go to heaven. <laughs> yeah? So get used to it here. Worshipping God among a people of every tribe, tongue, and nation. Get used to it. Amen? 
And I also look at it this way, you know, this is a city of, a, I don't know, about 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 million people. It's growing. 50,000 or even 250,000 is nothing compared to 11 million or 7, whatever the number is. It's nothing. Absolutely nothing. So why not do it? Amen? So let's have faith. Let's see the invisible. Then we will be able to do the impossible. We are still one church with multiple locations. Each location having a vision, ministry, and spiritual emphasis uh, uh, having the same vision. So we are one church, you know, whether it's south, north, east, west, we're all just one, one church. We just meet in many different locations. We share our resources. We work together. So the APL is a great thing. We all come together, have fun, just do things together. We are one church, just that we have many locations. What's our core focus? Why do we exist as a church? We want to build people in the word and in the spirit, equip them and release them to fulfill God's purpose for their lives. Why do we exist as a church? Not because we can just get people to come Sunday after Sunday to church and have big numbers. That's not the point. The point is, we are here to build people up in the word and in the spirit. To make you strong in the spirit. With the word of God, the spirit of God. Equip you and then release you or encourage you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. That's why we're here. That means none of you, none of us can afford to just be church members. Or just attend church. Because that's a waste of time. Don't just attend the church. Get equipped. And fulfill the purpose of God. For your life. Amen. That's why we're here as a church. That's our focus. To equip people of God. To disciple and equip them. So they can fulfill the purpose of God. Here are our core values. What do we value? What is important for us? We are word based and spirit led. That means we, have, we emphasize the word of God, not some denominational teaching or some, you know, liturgy or something. No, we emphasize the Bible. We are scriptural. To be scriptural, you've got to have scripture. Otherwise, you can't be scriptural. Amen? So we are word-based. This is the word of God. We live by the word of God. We stand on the word of God. And we are led by the spirit of God. So equal emphasis to God's word and the working of the Holy Spirit. Word-based, led by the Spirit. We emphasize loving God and loving people. In other words, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Now they have, in, this, in, this, in the business world, they have, they have this KISS, K-I-S-S. Keep it simple. No, keep it simple, saint. Right? <laughs> keep it simple. Right? Just keep it simple. Love God and love People, let everything emanate. Let everything be motivated out of that. Keep it simple. We believe that every believer is a minister. That means all of us have a ministry. You are a minister of God. Doesn't mean you have to have a reverend before your name. Or doesn't mean, you know, you've got to go to Bible college. It just means you are here to serve God but in whatever way he wants you to serve him, whether it's inside the church or outside the church, you are a minister of God. Not just a church believer, not just a church attender. You have a ministry. Every believer is a minister. Everybody 
is qualified to serve God with the gifts and grace that God has given each one. We also value integrity, excellence, and kingdom mindedness. For us, integrity is important. So we work hard at that and try to you know, maintain integrity in everything. If we say something, we're going to do it. If we make a mistake, say I'm wrong. Change. Correct yourself. Keep going. Uh, so we work hard at improving things. We work hard at integrity. Uh, we're very careful in the handling of money. So the money that you give in the church, we want to be careful. We want to be good stewards of it, not misuse anything. Everything is accounted for. Anybody is welcome to go look at our accounts. It's all there. Nothing is, is you know, is, is ambiguous. It's all there. So we want to have integrity in, 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 that, in what we say, in what we do, in the way we do ministry. We want excellence means we are, want to continuously improve what we are doing. Never be satisfied with the way things are. Look at ways you can improve them. Amen? You know, after, yesterday we had Ravi and Arpana's wedding. And after the wedding, I was driving home and I was thinking, you know, how can we improve? How can we help the couple who's getting married do it better? How can we do it? We've been doing weddings over and over and over again for so many people. And what I noticed was every, almost every wedding, they all fumble at the same thing. They struggle at the same thing. Every wedding is like that. Nothing wrong with that. Every wedding, they all fumble and stumble at the same thing. So I said, what can we do to help our weddings be better? Don't just leave it like that. So I went on. I sent an email to some of our people. I said, look, you know, let's put this down on paper. And let's write down what we have learned over the years. The mistakes we have all made in making weddings happen. And let's have a document. So the next time somebody comes to get married, we'll give you this. APC, how to plan your wedding. <laughs> Seriously, it's going to happen. And it'll help you how to plan your wedding. So that you can, we want to improve. We want to work towards excellence. And that's the same thing with everything we do here. You know, the sound system, this, that. Always thinking, how can we make it better? How can we have excellence? We're not there yet, but how can we improve? So in order to go, move towards excellence, in order to improve, you've got to not accept things the way they are. The moment you accept things the way they are, you will stay there. But you always got to challenge yourself. This is not good enough. How can I improve it? How can I make it better? How can I make it more efficient? How can I set things in place so that it works better? It, it helps people and so on. And, and, and so we, we pursue excellence in ministry. We want to work towards it. We're not there yet, but we want to continuously improve. And we want to be kingdom-minded because it's not about APC. It's about the kingdom of God. Amen? Now, some people think that it's all about APC. Why are we opening brand churches? Why are we doing this? Why do we want to promote APC? No, no, no. It's not about APC. It's about the kingdom of God. Now, on earth, you need to have a name. Right? So people can call you something. So we have a name. It's APC. All people say. So people call us APC. Okay. But that's not our identity. And our identity is in Jesus Christ. Amen? And our identity, our purpose is the kingdom of God. And we are unashamed of building the kingdom of God and we do it at every opportunity we can. We build the kingdom of God. And just to illustrate this, and again, not to boast, but to illustrate, you know, just recently in December, uh, we decided to move our church in Mangalore 
which was meeting 12 kilometers outside of Mangalore in Darlakatta. We decided to move that into the city of Mangalore. Uh, I decided that every Sunday I would fly in there, uh, do the service and come back. So we moved it into the city, made it at 4 o'clock in the afternoon instead of being at 10 o'clock in the morning so I can get there on Sunday in time and, and do the service and come back Sunday evening. So we made that transition in December. But APC Mangalore was actually meeting in a hall that we had rented maybe like five years ago, several years ago. We've been using that hall, very nice place. It's in a commercial building. We had done the interiors put all the things, we had chairs, tables, all the just basic things you need to run, uh, to have a congregation meeting, a small group. Small hall, something like our South Church, maybe slightly smaller than our South Church. Now, when we were making this move into the city, just a little before that, the Jason is, a, is, a, is a, um, the man, the couple who uh, also oversee the work there. He mentioned, he met a pastor, who had moved, uh, a missionary, who had moved back from Rajasthan into Mangalore to start a church in Mangalore. So they didn't have a place, they were meeting at home. And so when we decided to move, Justin came and said, you know, can we let them use this hall? So what did we do? Now our uh, rental lease on that hall ends in December. So okay, December, our lease ends. They can talk to the landlord and sign an agreement with the landlord. The landlord's willing to take it as great. And that worked out for them. So the landlord is willing to give the hall to them on a lease, uh, rental. But what did we do? He said, all the chairs, all the interiors, everything we've done, we give it to that church. We give it to them. Amen? We're not afraid. You should mean another church is starting and you, it's okay. It's the kingdom of God. Amen? So it's not about all people's church. It's about building the kingdom. God has brought them, that person to Mangalore to do a work. Let's bless him. And uh, he will reach certain people. We will do our work in the city. We will reach certain people. We're not afraid to share, to give, to bless others with it. Amen? So there is no sense of insecurity. We are building the kingdom of God. It's not about APC. We have the name APC because, you know, government needs to know who we are. So, What's our culture? We are ca- I'm going to have five things about our culture. We are casual, we are contemporary, we are creative, we are relevant. And then I want to add the fifth thing there. We are naturally supernatural. Amen? So let's say this together. We are casual, we are contemporary, we are creative, we are relevant, we are naturally supernatural. That's our culture. What does it mean? Casual. You don't find me wearing a white cassock with a... Bishop's tie and all that, whatever, what's that called? Bishop's collar, Bishop's collar. Oh, casual. See, most of the people wear jeans, t-shirt, it's okay. It's not, you know, that you have to come in suit and tie. If you want to wear suit and tie, help yourself, no problem. But be casual, just come in the way you are. We are casual, but we are not compromising in our conduct. We're casual, but not compromising. We are contemporary. We use what is relevant, what is modern, uh, but we do not lose godly traditions. Our music is contemporary. We don't have an organ. There's nothing wrong with having an organ. We don't. We sing hymns now and then, but we sing mostly contemporary songs of worship. We are contemporary. We're doing it the way in our time and age, but we do not let go of godly traditions. For example, we still read the Bible. 
This is a tradition you can never lose. Amen? Godly tradition. Still read the Bible. The R, creative, while preserving depth and substance. Creative means, you know, God is a creative God. He expresses himself in many ways, many facets. And uh, God has given gifts and talents to so many people, different ways to express who God is. They may do it through dance. They may do it through song. They may do it through painting. They may do it through poetry. They may do whatever. So many ways. So we encourage that. The creative expressions of God. However, God wants to express himself through his people. And yet, we must have depth and substance to it. Don't your mom make noise. There's got to be substance. There's got to be depth in what you do. So while we are creative... We want to maintain depth and substance. We are relevant. So we want to be relevant. We want to speak in, uh, speak timeless truths in today's language. Right? Who knows? Maybe five years from now, you'll hear the pastor saying, hey, dude, what's up, man? You know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, but <laughs> we are relevant. We speak the language of the people. You know? Uh, communicate timeless truth. The truth doesn't change. Truth translates. You can translate truth and it will say the same thing. Even in what's up man language, you know. It will say the same thing. Truth translates. So we are relevant. We speak in the language of the people. that People can understand. People can, uh, can connect to us. And yet we do not want to lose truth. Maintain truth. And we are naturally supernatural. We want to create a culture where the supernatural of God is just normal for us. Amen. We want to press into that. We want, you know, one day, I'm just, just keep on praying. Keep on praying into this. Lord, we want to see the power of God so much that people will come to our services expecting the power of God to touch their lives. Amen? I'm praying. I said, God, the greatest favor you can do for us this year is to just pour out your presence on us. Favor us with your presence. In an unprecedented manner. I mean, yes, it's good if people get promotion. It's good if people get this money and people have that. All, but God, the greatest favor you can do for us is to give us an unlimited outpouring of your presence. Favor us with your presence. I mean, come and upset all our routine. Just come with your presence and destroy our schedule. The, destroy the pastor's sermon, Lord, please. <laughs> Just give us your presence. That's it. That's the greatest favor you can do. So that's what we're praying for. We want to be not naturally super in the presence of God upon us. So that, that's about us as a church. Now let's look at the road ahead. Um, that's what's up here. What's going on in 2013. For APC Bangalore, all our present ministries will continue to grow. We'll continue to work towards excellence and, and improving everything we're doing. Our five locations will continue to grow. Our life groups are very important. We want to continue to grow them. The children's church is so important. You know, um, I was talking to Joshua and Ruth yesterday, last night. I was sitting to them as part of this thing. I was saying, hey, guys, you know, when the time when I was going to college, usually in the early 20s, that's when young people started drinking, drugging, and destroying themselves. But the times have changed. Nowadays, when people are, when kids are in school 10 years before, in their, in their four, when they are 14, 15, they start drinking, doing drugs, and so on. Times have changed. So I said, Josh and Ruth, you need to be careful. In my time, this would happen in college. 
these days it's happening in schools. Ten years earlier, people get into all this. So you've got to be careful. You've got to know how to say no to these things. Don't let the, these things ruin your life. Stay clean and all that. So our children's church is so important. Our children's church is not here just to give you nice Bible stories. Our children's church must equip people for life. And they need to do it in a hurry because they need to get it done by the age of 14. You don't have 10 more years to get it done by 21. Can't do that. You don't have the time. By 14, these kids have to be ready for life. By 14, they need to know what's right and what's wrong. And how to say no to what's wrong. So our children's church is very important. I encourage many of you to just serve volunteer in children's church. We're working on improving it. Our on-campus elevates. You know, some people ask, what is the youth ministry of all people's church? The youth ministry of all people's church is very simple. It's youth doing ministry. That's it. So where are the youth? They're not gathering in one place. They're all doing ministry. That's the youth ministry. And I was thought about hoarding up all the youth together and giving them a good time. And we've done that and people have just had a good time. But now it's time to get out there and do ministry. So what's the youth ministry? All people search is youth doing ministry. Get out into the schools and colleges. We are beginning to increase the number of our elevates. Our, you know, we have elevates happening in Kenneth George School, in Baldwin's Women's College, in, um, in um, Baptist Nursing College. Now Mount Carmel's College is opened up for us. Krishna uh, Jayanti is opened up for us. And... Um, Baldwin Boys School is open up for us where we can go and do elevates. Basically, our youth going, go there and do the services for them, for the young people. So, we usually appoint one person to be in charge of one institution. That means you run the elevates there. So, as these new institutions open up, I might go there and do the first thing just to kind of, you know, let them taste it. But then after that, we want to hand that institution off to one person. Be responsible for the elevates that happen in that campus. And begin to impact those young people. So if you'd like to take on responsibility, we have already, you know, Pastor Jakes is responsible for Baldwin's Women's College. Um, Melky is responsible for Kenneth George. And Nancy is responsible for Baldwin's Nursing College. And as these other colleges open up, we need people who will say, I'll be responsible. They'll run the elevates there every month, at least two or three times running it. And bringing valuable truth into the lives of people. So that's just a powerful outreach. Catalyst is going on in several schools. I think about nine schools. We go and teach. Carnalia, working with the seven young girls. That's going on. A Bible college, a two-year program in Bangalore. Um, that will go on. Our publications are powerful outreach. Last year, over 200,000 copies of our publication were given out in one year. All across our nation. It's just powerful. And uh, our publications are going out in several languages all across India. Uh, the internet is a great, amazing tool. Nowadays, I think on an average, uh, a sermon, our MP3 sermon, the sermon goes online and on an average, oh, about, I don't know, maybe about, about 150 downloads happen off that MP3. So what you hear on Sundays by, you know, it goes up online and then people download it and listen to it from around the world. And we have a map of, and uh, Spurgeon sends me the monthly stats of what's happening. There are people from around the world who come and download our MP3s. And listen to the messages. So the internet is such a powerful outreach for us to reach out into the world um, and through that. Uh, we have God TV that's happening that covers Australia to Middle East. That's a powerful outreach. It's blessing people. Christmas counseling is getting off the ground. Uh, the weekend schools will continue. Nepali church, Kannada church doing a great work. The Nepali church literally is reaching about 3,000 Nepali people in our city week after uh, week. Just reaching uh, them. On Sundays, only about 100 people gather together, but reaching out several 
thousands. The key events for the year, we have five days of prayer that will happen twice a year. The men's conference, 26th of Jan. Uh, the sports day on 27th of Jan. There's a preparing for marriage that's happening on the 23rd of Feb. There's a kids conference this year, 8th to 12th of April. The youth conference, 16th to 18th of May. And the church camp uh, in the end of October, early November. Some things that are planned for this year. I've got to leave in five minutes. Uh, things that are planned for this year, the foundations, we want to make them uh, uh, electronic, available uh, online, so you could do the foundations course from your home or wherever you want. We also want to uh, have our resource center set up, and we want to encourage people to read books. One of, that's one of the ways that I really learned growing up in the early days, reading good Christian books. We have great books in our resource center. We want to set that up nicely and launch it, and we will do home delivery. So you can go online, order the books, the DVDs that you want, and somebody will come and deliver it to your home. But you just have to pay a little bit more. But we want to encourage people to read books. We've got a great collection of books in our resource center library. We want to make them available to you. Lastly, our missions, our outreach, what we're looking for in the city. I want to give you the date so that you could start planning for it. We're focusing a lot on North India because that's where the need is, a lot of need. We're doing the pastors and ministers conferences, which is to equip Christian leaders. Uh, this year, we, our topic is level ground, as you've been hearing. We'll be having it in five locations in Bangalore and then four other locations outside of Bangalore. Uh, the dates are given. We'll be having our western one in Ahmedabad, the eastern one in Dimapur, the central one in Lucknow, and the north one in Chandigarh. The dates are given. So you can plan to be there and just serve the pastors. Um, equip, which is a training for young people. You know, the conference that we had last year in Delhi, where we had about 8,600 young people come, equip is a follow-up to that. What we'll be doing is we have four-part training. Each part lasts for three days. So this year, we will do part one and part two. Next year, we'll do part three and part four. And we have taken up four locations in India. We'll be having a place in Rajasthan, Madhya Pradesh, UP, and Chandigarh. And we'll just be doing three days of training for these young people. Train them, and they will go back to their districts and serve the Lord. So if you'd like to be part of that, just to go there, if you want to just help out in many, many ways, the dates are there, you can put them in your calendar, pray about what God wants you to be involved in, and come. There's also the short-term Bible college happening in Champa, um, 17th to 30th, uh, 17th September to 30th November. We're also partnering with two Christian hospitals, uh, EHA hospitals, one is in Chaturpur and one is in Champa. We want to help and serve the hospitals, improve what they're doing. They need more training by professionals. They need uh, infrastructure-related things and so on. Last year, Vanessa led a group of people to go there, did the painting the walls of the Chaturpur hospital. So we want to do the same thing for Champa and, and, and just help them. One of the things we're planning for both the hospitals, set up a family room, a recreation center for the hospital staff so they could you know, watch Christian movies and so on. And we just want to help the hospital. So if there's another way, that's another way you can be involved. So to sum it up, here's the plan. Are you all ready? Amen? Missions is not just for me to go around the country. It's for us as a church to reach out to our nation. Now for 10 years, on purpose, I refused to travel outside Bangalore. I would travel maybe once or twice a year. That's all. I wouldn't take it. Purposely, I said, first 10 years, I will stay in Bangalore, build a good foundation, lay a strong foundation, do that. From last year, we started traveling more. This year, there'll be more travel, more focus on North India. But it's not about me going. I want the church to go. Amen? 
We will equip you on Sundays so that you could go out and affect the nation. And all of you can serve. All of you can do something. Amen? So, now you are without excuse. You can't say, Pastor, I didn't know, Pastor. Next year I'll plan. You have the dates. You've got everything in front of you. The year is ahead. Start praying and seeing how God wants you to be involved. And then you plan your schedule. And let us know. We can work it out. And we can go and impact our nation. Amen? This morning, would you just take a moment to pray and say, God, I want my life to count for your kingdom. I don't want to just come to church and attend church and just go Sunday, Sunday after Sunday. This year, I want to do something useful for the kingdom of God. I want my life to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Would you pray, please? Say, Lord, help me do something useful, meaningful for the kingdom of God this year. Speak to my heart of what you would like me to do, Lord. And it's so wonderful to see Ravi and Arpana join together in marriage. They will as a couple serve God. Ravi was doing ministry all along. Now Arpana will stand with him and serve together. It's wonderful to see that. To see God raising up young lives to serve him. So beautiful. We just bless them. There are many of you here in church. You've heard sermon after sermon. You've experienced so much. Would you pray and say, God, how can I give it out? How can I bless others with what you've given me? I want my life to be useful for the kingdom of God. Will you take a few moments, please, to pray?
this afternoon, Lord, that yes, no one or nothing will take your place in our lives. In Jesus' name. Friend, if you are here this morning with us on church today, and you know nothing about this God that we have just worshipped, you are here and many of these things are so strange to you. But I want to tell you this morning, friend, that this God loves you as much as He loves any one of us here. He loves you with an everlasting love and He wants to draw you with His loving kindness. He wants you to be part of the family of God. And if you have not made a decision for Jesus Christ, Maybe this morning, maybe today, maybe today is your day. God wants to comb you in. God wants to bring you into the family of God. He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to do that. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, became the propitiation. The, he took the punishment of our sins on the cross. He died. He shed his blood on the cross for our sins, for your sins. He gave his life, but he rose again the third day. And he is alive today. He wants to come into your life, my friend. If you have not made a decision for Jesus Christ, if you have never followed him till this day and you've just lived life, this day, God wants to touch you and bring meaning and bring direction and bring true transformation and change in your life. 
friend if you're here you want to make the decision today just make the simple prayer your prayer say something like this heavenly father i don't understand many of the things but i just want to believe that you love me you love me and you sent jesus christ to this world to die for my sins and i want to believe in you i want to receive you into my life and from this day i want to follow you i want to live for you i ask this in jesus name friend if you have made that prayer i want to tell you god has heard it if you have made that prayer and if you you have invited jesus into your life god has heard it and heaven celebrate heaven rejoices over your decision we want to just encourage you to stay back after the service and just meet with me just before you go home just meet with me for a few minutes i have a bible to give to you and i have few thoughts to share with you and pray with you before you go if you have made that decision today friend don't go home without meeting me and taking that little bible that we have to give to you father we want to thank you lord for the road ahead we believe lord that you are leading us in the road ahead you are leading us in the road ahead and you are building our church we give you glory we give you thanks we give you praise in jesus name and everybody said amen the lord bless you and keep you the lord be gracious to you and release unusual favor upon you the lord lift up his countenance and give you his peace in jesus name and all god's people said We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact@apcwo.org. Also visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.